have your way, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Six weeks. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many still with us? I'm not asking for a show of hands. You show offs, put your hands down. <laughs> but see, this is the thing. You can still jump in. Nobody going to kick you out if you just jump in in this last week. But make it a good week. Make it a good week. Finish strong. Finish strong. And, you know, as, as things continue to happen, I realize things just continue to happen. Nothing happens. All this stuff just keep going. You finish one thing, then there's another thing. And another thing after that one. But guess what? It's not just us. This is the way that it's always been. This is the way that it's always been. So the Lord brought my attention to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Now, we know that the church in Corinth was a lot like what we face here, is that different things coming together, different people, different ideas, a city that it's the word Corinthianize meant immorality. So we know how they was getting down. Everything and everything. But then they got saved. But then they found out 2,000 years ago, the same problem now. Just because you got saved don't mean you start, you think different. Right. Not right away. <laughs> there, there requires some work, some teaching, some training, some things you've got to go through in order for you to get to the place where you fully understand what it means to be and live as a child of God. God does that through the leaders, the teachers, the pastors, the apostles. But this is the one thing that sometimes people forget. The leaders and the pastors and apostles are just people. That's walking the same walk, dealing with the same struggles. We might have been practicing it a little longer, but we still got to fight our way through. <laughs> we still got to fight our way through. We still got to get up and pray and seek the Lord and fast and ask for help just like everybody else. So Paul, one of the most prolific writers of the New Testament, this brother went through some stuff. First Corinthians teaches us about the church and putting things in order because Corinth needed their church to be put in order. Second Corinthians teaches us about what it means to be a minister of the gospel. So, in chapters 1 through 7 of 2 Corinthians, Paul is again defending his apostolic ministry and why he does the things that he does. At the end of chapter 3, he talks about the increasing glory that comes from following Christ. So chapter 4 starts with, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. So it's like, well, I'm not a minister. It's like, uh, you're a child of God. You call to do something. Take it in. Take it in. Then we jump down to verse 7, and that's, this is where the heart of our message today comes from. 
But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are also being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that in this life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So you're wondering why you're going through stuff? You're going through stuff in order to show that Christ is alive and that while you are going through stuff, other people are being blessed and the testimony is being told that the Jesus that you serve is still alive and alive in you. So the, the message put it this way. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know, who, know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. See, Paul suffered greatly for the gospel. And because of his personality and because of what God had put him in, this man went right in it. He wasn't running, he wasn't hiding, he wasn't trying to get away from the trouble because he knew that this was worth it. When he got knocked off his horse, when God called him into the kingdom, he understood that there was something greater, that the God of the universe, whom he always believed in, now he knows personally through the Son, Jesus Christ, has called him to declare who he is. So he took that seriously. And and church, you need to understand that that the moment that you realize that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, the moment that you said, yes, Lord, here I am, save me, forgive me of my sins, you have been called into a work. God got something for you to do. We got to take that seriously. So today I want to talk to you about the resilient disciple. And and a subtopic would be greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. See, the idea that I'm too blessed to be stressed, stop that nonsense. (laughs) You can be blessed and stressed. I know some people, no, 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 no. If you really believe in God, then you won't be stressed about nothing. Huh? Did you read the book? What do you think that whole thing with Jesus in the garden was about? What, what, what do you think that was about? When he was at the Last Supper and he was like, oh, my soul. Because he knew that one of these people sitting at this table was going to betray him. What do you think that was about? Stress. So you more blessed than Jesus? Okay. Okay. So for the rest of us. The rest of us, we realize, like Paul, that you're going to go through some stuff. But this is what I want you to know, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I want you to know that you're going to go through tribulation, but be of good cheer, for he has already overcome the world. 
You, we've got to know this if we're going to be resilient. See, because you've got to bounce back from the stuff that's happening. You can't just lay in it. You don't have to. Let me put it that way. You don't have to. And what, how do you think that the apostles, including Paul, were able to die for their faith? Because they were just brave? Because they were just strong? Because they were just anointed? Just because they were mighty? No, God enabled them to hold on to their faith, to go through what they had to go through, even if it cost them their lives. And you're wondering, well, I can't. I, I can't. Oh, I got too many troubles. I can't go to church. Oh, I got too many bills. I can't pray. What? You got too many bills to pray? Maybe if you got that many bills, you better pray. Get some wisdom. Learn how to budget. Knowing how to discipline. I'm, I'm just saying. If you get so stressed out about your bills, oh, I can't, I can't pray now. I can't talk to the Lord. These bills just on my mind. What good is worrying about the bills going to do for you? Go out and play with the kids. With your cooler. With your cooler. That's right. That's right. So when we look at the brother Paul... And the stuff that he went through, I think we can learn some lessons from this. So just stick with me. I'm going to try to get through it. So just stick with me. First of all, he said that he was hard-pressed, but not crushed. Now, hard-pressed, when you read it from the, the Amplified, it means hedged in. We're talking about pressure from every side. The, the, the message said, battered by troubles. Anybody here been battered by troubles? Y'all know I know you, so get, amen, hallelujah. Amen. Battered by troubles. Not just a little trouble here and a little trouble there, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Coming from everywhere, every side. Home, people getting on your nerves. Work, people getting on your nerves. Church, people getting on your nerves. Grocery store, people getting on your nerves. Gas station, oh Lord, let's not talk about the gas station. So you feel like each, every which way I turn, there is another trouble that's coming after me. How do I get away from this thing? But when you are a child of God, you realize that even though you're under that pressure and stuff is coming from everywhere, you're not crushed, though. Somehow, you're not crushed. Somehow, you can still breathe. You can still think. You still got, you have some sense of who you are. See, crushed means broken into little pieces that are no longer usable. They're no longer restorable. They have no purpose. They look nothing like what they originally were when it's crushed. When you think about it, I'm not crushed. I might be battered on every side. I might be pressured, but I still know who I am. I still remember my purpose. I still know what God wants from me. See, look, and look, look. Cracked is not crushed because I cracked a couple of times. 
That's what we're talking about, walking with a limp. That's the crack. <laughs> and that's still not crushed. Because if you look at yourself honestly and you realize that the pressure's around you, something cracked. That wasn't your best. You, you, you took a little deviation from the plan. It's not exactly what God would have wanted from you. You cracked, but you're not crushed. You're not crushed. Who you are is still there. That crack can be repaired. And you know, broken is not crushed. Because sometimes God has to break us. So he can put us back together again. Something that's crushed can't be put back together again. You got to get rid of it and make a new one. Mm. Family, are you hearing me? With everything that you've been through, you're not crushed. You might be pressed on every side. You might be hard pressed with everything, but you're not crushed. You can still get up in the morning. You still can take care of your business. You can still glorify God. You can still raise your hand. You can still sing a song to his glory. You're not crushed. Hallelujah. So Paul realized that somewhere like, wait, wait, all of this going on, but I'm still here. I'm, I'm not, I might have been pressed down, but I am not crushed. Then if, once you realize you're not crushed, it's like, well, how am I going to get out of this thing? It's like, oh, now I might be perplexed. But not in despair. Perplexed means I just can't see how. I don't know how. My mind... <laughs> Going round and round and round and round. And we know how some of us do. You go, your mind go round and around and around till you wear yourself out. You get so tired, you can't think about nothing else. And then, wait, Paul said, but wait, 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 wait. I might be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. See, despair means I've lost all hope. It's like, well, wait, I don't know the answer. But I'm not in despair. I still have hope because guess what? I know who knows. See, I don't know, but I know who knows. And I got enough sense to ask the person that knows. If if I got a machine that don't work right, I can spend hours and days and YouTube and everything else trying to figure it out. Or I can ask my brother, the engineer. (laughs) I can wear myself in the ground because I don't know what, where did all of these wires go? Where did they connect? How does it? I can wear myself out to the point where I feel like my life is over. I don't know what to do. Or I could just ask my brother, the engineer. He said, brother, this don't work. <laughs> can you take a look at it for me? I know this is your thing. Wires don't scare you. They scare me. They don't scare you. So when you're talking about being perplexed, why would we ever allow ourselves to move in the place of being despair when you know the person that has the answer to the thing that's confusing your mind? The only way we could get caught up in that is if we feel like we have to fix it ourselves. We have to understand it ourselves. We are not humble enough to realize, I don't have it. I don't know. And if you're waiting for me to fix out, fix them wires, this thing going to rust and die. But if I could just 
turn to the one. Because, oh, I hear you, Lord. Now, how many of y'all are weighing yourself out right now about something you can't figure out? You've been trying and trying and trying and trying, and you are making yourself crazy about something you clearly can't figure out. Well, how about asking the person that knows everything? It's like, but I asked him, he ain't answer yet. So, okay, he didn't answer yet, so you going to do it yourself after you've already proven you can't? Wouldn't it make sense to wait till your brother got a day off to come over to fix it for you? See, because remember, I might be hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed. So that thing not getting fixed today ain't going to end my life. I'm just going to have to wait till it get fixed. I'm going to have to wait till the answer come because no matter where the pressure is coming from, I'm still not crushed. I still am who I am. I still know what I'm supposed to be doing. I still have a purpose. I still can be fixed. So why spend all of that time because God didn't answer you today? He didn't tell you what you're supposed to do today? Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait I say on the Lord. See, you, we, we got to remember, you know, everybody talk about David. I'm going to get to that series one of these years. I'm telling you, lessons from the life of David. Everybody think about David, they or immediately think either Goliath or Bathsheba. Those are the two, those are the two things, the only things that ever happened in his life. The reality is, this is the man that said, hope thou in God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. Hallelujah. So when you're talking about why in the world would you let yourself sink into a place of despair when you have a God who you can hope in? A God that has the answers and will never leave you nor forsake you. Why, why, why would you do that? Does that make sense? Look, remember I, I preached about this before. Hope shows us what it could be. So I don't have the answer. I don't know how to get there, but I can see what it could be. And when you put that hope in God, so what can God make it into? What can God do with it? Why are you in despair if you apply your hope to God? Why are you in despair? Why are you letting this thing take your heart? Why are you letting this thing make you think that this is the end of it? Hmm. I, I know why. I hear you, Lord. I know why. It's because I want it right now, and I want it to happen when I want it to happen, and the way I want it to happen. That's why. That's why. Let me just tell you. Let me just help you out. You ain't God. You don't want to be God. You're not equipped to do that job. You're not smart enough to be God. You're not strong enough to be God. So how about just let God be God? So when he decides when, where, and how, that's what's right. No, pastor. Okay, then go ahead and keep despairing. When you're tired of despairing, then you're going to have to turn to hoping in God anyway. Oh, Lord. 
Sorry, y'all. Now, if you're the person that has chosen to hope in God, okay, I don't know, but God knows, and I'm just going to wait till he tells me, and then I'm going to get it right. While you're doing that, have you realized that sometimes you end up getting persecuted? But not abandoned. See, and that word persecuted, when you look at the other translated, you're talking about hunted down. We're talking about persecuted as being pursued with a purpose. Persecuted is not somebody just talking about you. That's not what persecution looks like. Persecution is when someone has made you their target. I'm coming after you specifically. I'm going to get you. I'm going to wait. I'm going to find an opportunity to hurt you. That's what persecution looks like. And, and some people like, oh, I'm being persecuted. No, they just told you they didn't like something you did. That's not persecution. Persecution is when you have been targeted. But this is what Paul said. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. And y'all remember the stuff that Paul went through, right? He was beaten multiple times. Imprisoned. He was stoned and left for dead. They, tried, they thought they killed him. And dude got up and kept preaching. What in the world? You would figure you would have to start thinking about a different career choice. It's like they actually thought they killed me. I, like on purpose. And then I'm going to get up and still keep preaching? And let's not even talk about his thorn in the flesh, the messenger for Satan that was sent specifically to torment him. Now, we don't know what that was, but it was something that was persistent that constantly kept going at him to keep him from being too caught up in his own knowledge. When you are being persecuted, the thing that keeps you from losing it is if you got somebody with you. Because you coming at me, but in order to get to me, you got to get through him. You've made me your target. You put a target on me. You've taken your best shot, but you can't do nothing to me unless he lets you do it. And when he get tired of you and your nonsense, I'm probably going to have to pray for you. So you can keep coming at me if you want to, but as long as I'm not by myself. You know, this, this works in the, the natural, too. Somebody can have a target on you, then they coming after you. But when you're walking with somebody who you know, bro, we go, don't worry about it. <laughs> Let them show up. <laughs> Let them show up. That's just fun. Let them show up. I need a little exercise anyway. Let them show up. When you're walking with somebody like that, it don't matter that somebody's coming to get you because when they get to you, they're going to get something other than what they was hoping for. Now, when you're just by yourself, it's kind of hard because you get watching your own back, trying to make... It's kind of hard when you're by yourself. But when you have somebody with you, when you got somebody watching your back, even if you are persecuted, it don't matter. See... Let me, it's a little side. As a pastor, 
there's people who I've had to say some difficult things to, then after that they got mad, and so now they got this anger campaign against me. <laughs> and they just telling everybody that'll listen, everybody that'll listen about how horrible I am and how badly I treated them and blah, 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 blah. But one of the things is, I, ha I have a small circle of folk that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I mess up, they're going to be like, dude, or hun. <laughs> or dad. <laughs> I got a small circle of folk that if I really messed up that bad, they're like, no, you, mm, you're going to have to. You're going to have to apologize. <laughs> no, that wasn't right what you did. That was bad what you did. I know that. I know that. But when I'm not wrong, I know that this same small circle of folk be like, don't come in here with that nonsense. I know what he would have said. And I know what he wouldn't have said. And I know he ain't say that. So you need to take that talk someplace else. I'm not abandoned. So even under the persecution, as long as you have a circle of folk around you that know who you are, know what you're about, will defend you, then the persecution doesn't really matter. Think about it. As long as he's saying you good, it's like everybody else is like, okay, that's just your opinion. <laughs> Persecuted, but not abandoned. So those of you on your job that are saying I'm being persecuted, they out to get me. They're trying to get me. They're trying to get me. You're not abandoned. When you're in your home and you're the only one that wants to serve God, that wants to do what's right, and they coming at you and got something to say and talking nasty about you, I might be persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm not by myself. Somebody got my back somebody's got my back. And as long as I got at least one person to stand next to, one person to hold, I'm good. I'm good. They can say what they want. But, but here's, here's um, where it gets really bad, though. You persecuted. You know you're not alone. You know God is there with you. But what happens when you struck down? See, you've been pressed, perplexed, and persecuted. But what happens when you get struck down? That's taking it to a whole nother level. What happens when you get got? And the idea that you can't get got, <laughs> live a little longer. Live a little, live a little longer. You will find out you can get got like anybody else. Like anybody else. What happens? Well, I am struck down, but I'm not destroyed. See, the enemy would try to tell you that every time that you got hurt, every time you got knocked down, that now you are destroyed. The thing that was coming at you, you actually felt the blow. You felt the pain. You had to suffer through it, but you're not destroyed. You know, many of us is like, oh, this is it. I can't take it. I can't live. I, oh, my life is over. But you're still here. So you realize you might have gotten struck down, but you are not destroyed. 
there's still something left for God to work with. There's still something for God to build on. No matter what it looked like, no matter how it felt, you are not destroyed. Mm. See, because when you get knocked off your feet, it's disorienting. When you were standing, next thing you know, you laid out. You thought you was doing good. You thought you had a handle on it. Next thing you know, everything is out of your hands and you laid on your back talking about what to do, what to do, what to do, what to do. I had a plan on how this is supposed to work. And then all of a sudden, my plan got thrown out the window and ain't nothing I could do about it. No, for those of us who like to plan and like to understand what's coming next, when that happens, struck down, struck down. But when you look around, when you take a breath, after you get a glass of water, you realize, but I'm not destroyed. I'm not, (laughs) Jesus, I'm I'm not destroyed. I, I had an undefeated record before this. Now is 10 and 1. <laughs> I, I was hoping I was going to be 11 and 0, <laughs> but it didn't work out this time. It didn't work out. I lost this. I lost this one. But, but look at what happens. Sometimes when you lose stuff, that's God just humbling you. And when you've been humbled, you've just been set up to be better. See, the more God gets our heads and our thoughts and our feelings out of the way, the more he can fill us with more of himself. So when you go through something that humbles you, that brings you down a few notches, now God can build you up according to what he wants and what he desires, not on yourself. Because it's real easy to start thinking you something. (laughs) I I, I need to get more amens than that. (laughs) Y'all know it's true. It's, it's easy to start thinking you something. It's easy. Go, go, get on, put on a nice outfit and look in the mirror. Mm. 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 Do a good job and get a raise. Mm. 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 Go get that car that you really wanted, and now you're driving in your car. Mm. Mm. Look at what my hands have done. Look what what I have brought into my life. God bless me because I'm worthy of blessings. Look, it's easy to get caught up in thinking it's about you. So you get struck down. Sometimes God just lets you get struck down. Because remember, the devil can't get to you unless God let him. So if you got got got, because God let you get got. You need to sit on that for a minute. It's like, no, I'm a child of God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. The weapon won't prosper. You still might get hurt, but God will work it together for your good. If it turns out for your good, if you are better after you went through that thing when you started, then the weapon didn't prosper because the weapon's purpose was to destroy you. But you just got struck down. You didn't get destroyed. There's a difference. Look, I I remember laying in the hospital. And after the family had to leave, IVs into both arms, tube down my nose, the 
thing in my oxygen on my face and just like this. Just laying there like this. Couldn't read my Bible because my eyes weren't working right. Nothing. Just struck down. But I'm still here. But not destroyed. Not destroyed. I still knew who my God was. I still knew I had a purpose and a destiny in this world. I knew that God was still with me. So I was struck down. I felt the life leaving out of my body. I felt the life leaving. And people, oh, well, no, I, I, I'm like, oh, wait, what's this happening? I wasn't falling asleep. There was something else going on that was worse. It was different than falling asleep. I felt it. But I'm still here. Struck down, but not destroyed. So all that you're going through and the pain that you're feeling, you might be struck down, but you're not destroyed. You're not, you are not destroyed. Because if you were destroyed, there was no chance of getting back up. There was no chance of being used. No chance of becoming something more. So family, I just need you to hear this lesson from the Lord today. That all of the people who accomplished anything in the family of God, in the kingdom of God, had to go through some stuff. And if you look around... We all heart-pressed. We all perplexed. We're all persecuted. And we've all been struck down. But we are not crushed. (laughs) We're not in despair. We're not abandoned. And we are not destroyed. God is still working in us. God is still using us. God is still going to accomplish something great through our lives. All we've got to do is just keep going forward. So I leave you with what Paul said that, you know, it might look like we're perishing on the outside, but on the inside, we're still being renewed. Because, you know, this, this light affliction, this stuff that we're going through now can't compare. And look, so therefore what we do is we focus on the unseen and not the stuff that's seen. We focus on the things that God has promised. We focus on the things that he has said he is going to accomplish in and through us. We we look at the things that God will accomplish in this world. We look at the fact that people still need to get saved. We look at the fact that we still have the glory shining through our lives into the world. We look at that our God still reigns. So we go through now, but we're going to be all right. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to take a few moments to think about this lesson. Because the enemy would try to Take the situation that's pressuring you and make you feel like you've been crushed, that there's nothing left. But that's a lie. That's a lie. The enemy may be taking the thing that you've been thinking about that's been wearing your brain out. I don't understand. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to get out of this thing and want to push you into the place of despair where you lose hope.
throw up your hands and say there's nothing that can be done. That's what the enemy would want to do. The enemy would want to take the persecution where it seemed like you have just been targeted. That it seems like people, the devil, society has decided I want to kill you. I'm after you. I want to make your life miserable. Personally, want to make your life miserable. But you are not abandoned, even though the enemy wants to tell you you're by yourself. Nobody cares. You don't matter. That's a lie. And maybe you did get knocked out. Maybe you did mess up that badly. Maybe you did. And now you laid out, not knowing how you're going to get up. But you realize, I'm not destroyed, though. The enemy wants to say, your life is over. It's done. You can never recover from this. But the Bible says, I'm not destroyed. So if you're going to be a resilient disciple, you have to look at the whole story. When you tell the story, tell the whole story. Acknowledge the problem, but understand there's a limit to the power of the problem. There's a limit to its power. You might feel this, but what's the truth? Ah, God. Ah. Those feelings is real. The stuff that you're going through is real. The stuff in your mind is real. But that's not the whole story. Tell the other part of the story. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. They can keep coming at me if they want to. They're going to have to get through him. Mm. I want to I pray for those that are going through. Because God sent this message on purpose. He sent this message on purpose because the enemy is trying to make it seem like it's the end. The enemy is trying to make it seem like it's over. Whether you're hard pressed, whether you're perplexed, whether you're persecuted, whether you've been struck down. He's trying to make you. He's trying to make you think that that's it, that that's the end. It's over. There's no recovery. But you, you realize that that our God is the master of restoration and recovery. He is the master of restoration and recovery. So so you need to just run up in his face. You need to just grab hold of him. You need to grab. You are my God and I'm not letting you go. I'm going to hold on until you bless me, God. Regardless of all of these things that's happening, I'm going to hold on until you bless me. Because I'm still here. I'm still here, God. I'm still here. So those that want to join with me with this prayer, just stand up. Those at home, stand up. Don't get up out of your seat. I hope you still ain't in the bed. Get up. Get up. Because this message was on purpose. The Lord sent this message on purpose. No, no, you got to grab hold of this. You've got to grab hold of what, what is happening here. Paul was able to go to his death for the gospel because he was able to understand. He was able to get it. 
I might be hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed, though. I might even crack. I might even pray, but I'm not crushed. Some of you are dealing with so much pressure right now that you feel like I'm crushed, but you're not crushed. You're sitting here. You're listening to this. You're in the presence of the almighty God. You are not crushed. It might feel bad, but you are not crushed. God wants you to know that it's not over for you because he's still your God and he's still sitting on the throne. He still loves you. He is still mighty. He is still powerful. He is still your God. And, and the thing you did that you thought that, that that's it, your life is over, because it's not. You're not destroyed. You're not destroyed. You are not destroyed. You are not destroyed. That thing that hurt you that badly, that had you laid out, you are not destroyed. You are not destroyed. You are not. Ah. That person that hurt you so bad it feel like they ripped your heart right out of your chest. Ha, you are not destroyed. But you are not destroyed. You are not destroyed. That thing that disappointed you so badly, you had put so much hope and desire in that thing, and it was just ripped away from you, you are not destroyed. It's, it's too bad this has become a bumper sticker, but the devil is a liar. The, the devil is a liar. He is a liar. He wants to tell you, you're crushed. You're, you're crushed. You're, you're abandoned. You should be in despair. You're destroyed. That's, that's the lie he keeps telling you. That's the lie he keeps telling you. It's not true. You a child of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a child of the Almighty God. It is not true. As long as your God is sitting on the throne, you know that that is not true. It can't be true because He won't let it be true. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the example. We thank you that you picked the Apostle Paul, Lord God, and you showed him and you grew him and you let him write about his experiences so that we, as we're living our lives and we're going through, that we remember that it's not the end of the road because we are going through stuff. The problem's power have a limitation, oh God. It can only go but so far because you are God. Paul was beaten and left for dead, sent to prison prison, but he was still serving you, God, still loving you, God, still pressing into your presence, almighty God. Lord, and as you did it for Paul, we know that you can do it for us. So, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. Lord, we give our hearts over to you. Lord, we lift up your holy name because you alone deserve the glory. Lord, we hold on to that ever-increasing glory that comes from following you, Lord. And we ask that you would just pour in us now, Lord. Pour in us now, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord God. Move in us, Lord God. Wash us, Lord God. Cleanse us, Lord God. Strengthen, Lord God. Mature, Lord God. Teach us, Lord. Grow us, Lord God. Remove the things that don't belong so that you will be glorified in our lives.
Only you, God. Only you, God. Lord, the enemy wants to tell us that we're defeated. But we know better. We know better. We will be those resilient disciples, Lord God. We're not going to pretend this stuff is not happening, oh God. But we're going to tell the whole story. It might be this, but it's not that. It might be this, but it's not that, Lord God. And we will hold on to that truth, Lord God, until you bring us into a place of victory. We refuse to give up, Lord God. We will complete our task. We will do what you've called us to do, Lord God, for your name's sake, for the kingdom's sake, for your glory's sake, Lord God. We say thank you, God, and amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.